This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 593 This episode was pre-recorded. Can the comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Let's all take our seats. It's Crisis 311, the Day of Judgment. This is how I got my wife to read comics. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts and blogs, or subscribe with your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. We're taping this in advance as we explore the history of DC's crossover events. From 1999, it's Day of Judgment. Now, just a quick aside here, Mark. We're getting to the point in time in DC chronology where I am pretty much reading all of the DC comics at this point. Right. So I didn't have to go back and review much here. The DCU of the late 90s was rather spiritual. The JLA included an actual angel, Zoriel. The Spectre had been retconned as the embodiment of the wrath of God, and Supergirl was now an Earth angel. So a demonic battle was a good fit as a crossover. This was a five-issue weekly miniseries, along with a Secret Files special, but let's start with the main course. Day of Judgment number one of five, written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Matt Smith, inked by Steve Mitchell, lettered by Comicraft, colored by James Sinclair, edited by Kevin Dooley, with special thanks to Chris Jones. The Summoning! We begin in H.E. Double Hockey Sticks and the angel Asmodel currently being tortured by our demon buddy Neuron, as seen in Underworld Unleashed, Crisis 307, Episode 571. Asmodel just botched a siege, so he's no longer welcome in heaven. Like all bad guys and death traps, Neuron walks away from the tied-up Asmodel, assuming he won't get away. This gives Etrigan the demon the opportunity to slip in and make him an offer. Jim Corrigan, the first host of the Spectre, has passed on to heaven, leaving the Spectre spirit walking around for someone new to bond with. Spectre can only bond with a soul touched by God, and despite his recent mishap, Asmodel fits the bill. Why does Etrigan want this? I have my reasons, Asmodel. They do not concern you. It's just something I wish to do. Etrigan is a rhyming demon. Etrigan calls up Spectre, who appears with a whoomp, and is not pleased. He cleaves the wings off as modal and is ready to take out Etrigan. But this was Etrigan's plan all along. Spectre and Asmodel merge. On Earth, Zaytana is completing a set at a nightclub. The bartender asks for a date, but she's got a lot of stuff going on. She then senses a sudden chill and transports to Rodkod Tluko. I'm not very good at talking backwards, but that's Dr. Occult. 
In New Jersey, at the Ostrander Mental Institute, as an aside, John Ostrander wrote a Spectre series, where a major storm has suddenly whipped up. June Moon is talking to herself. She speaks the name Enchantress and becomes the witch, breaking herself out. Green Lantern Kyle Rayner appears to try and stop her. Back in hell, Spectre slash Asmodel, which we'll refer to as S sub A sometimes just to make this easier, drops in on Neron, turning him to stone. S sub A then rises, calling, Damn souls, demons, devils, it is our time. Follow the fire, follow me. So you've got a bloodthirsty, nearly omnipotent spirit who now wants to take out everything in God's image. Back to Enchantress and Kyle. You don't look like GL to me, kid. He was taller, better jawline. He had nicer hair. Kyle assumes she's responsible for the storm, but before they get to feuding, a huge crack opens in the ground and demons start pouring out. Yep, it's JLA time. Vengeance is now. This is a tad bigger than I expected. Back to Zaytana meeting with Dr. Occult. He's seen signs of the end. Boiling holy water, crimson lightning, crying statues. He knows that he'll need everyone's help. Zaytana zaps to St. Louis, finding dead man in some guy's body, enjoying a movie. She calls him out, and the guy wonders where his popcorn went. Kyle calls up the watchtower, where Zoriel, with his heaven sword flaming, Orion, Big Barda, Steel, and Martian Manhunter confer. He calls in the reserves. Cut to Firestorm, who thought they took him off the group text. There goes another girlfriend. Then we see the heroes fighting demons. 90s Teen Titans damage an Argent. Stripe, Stargirl, and the Marvel family. JSA Sentinel, a.k.a. Ellen Scott. Wildcat and J-Flash. Superman is also in the fight. Off to the land of the dead. And various ex-heroes wondering if and how they should get involved. One of which is Hal Jordan. The quintessence debates if they should step in before S sub A sidelines them. Every event during this period had to include a way to take the quintessence, a.k.a. the Deus Ex Machina squad, off the table. Back to Zaytana, who continues to collect others, Faust, son of villain Felix Faust, Madame Xanadu, and before she can go to him, Phantom Stranger appears. The main heroes continue the fight, but are having little luck against S sub A. More heroes are heard from, Adam, Mr. Miracle, Batman, Katana. Zoriel confronts S sub A and gets his wings turned to stone for his trouble. A united attack ends up with Superman turned to salt, chains of hell around Firestorm and Adam, Argent and Wildcat's eyes turned into fly larvae, and GL Kyle turned to wood. It's looking very bad. Just in time for the first appearance of the Sentinels of Justice. Phantom Stranger, Satana, Deadman, Ragman, Sentinel, who's a little repetitive in terms of naming, Dr. Occult, Raven, Madame Xanadu, and Faust. Day of Judgment number two of five, written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Matt Smith, inked by Steve Mitchell, lettered by Comicraft, colored by James Sinclair, and edited by Dan Raspler, a new editor in the middle of a miniseries. Hmm. Lost Souls. Xanadu, Stranger, and Zaytana create a spell to remove Spectre from Asmodel, putting the former in Xanadu's crystal. This turns the other heroes back to normal. 
Etrigan flies off with the newly depowered Asmodel. Occult states they have to find out what Jim Corrigan knows about all this, but Zoriel says they would need to transverse the Divine Plane to do that. Wonder Woman notes that there are still demons flying around, so they split up with a new team of Zoriel, Mr. Miracle, Supergirl, Raven, Wonder Woman, and Sentinel heading off. It's mentioned that the demons are loose because Asmodel literally froze hell, and Zaytana confirms this could be true. Faust needs some rare element to reignite hell, and Firestorm and Adam create them for him. Also going to hell, GL Kyle, Zaytana, Enchantress, who had escaped before Deadman inhabited her. Kyle whips up a ship to protect them on the trip. Team Heaven finds the pearly gates locked. Good thing the world's greatest escape artist is with them. Raven panics, her dad is a demon after all, and flees. She got them there, so how do they get back? The angel Michael arrives and tells them they aren't welcome inside. However, others do come out. The Golden Age Adam, Mr. Terrific, Our Man, Dr. Midnight, who are all dead and they're in heaven now, and Corrigan is on his way. Team Hell watches other demons going the other way as they enter in, and Dead Man, inside Enchantress, notes he hasn't smelled anything for quite a while. Back at the pearly gates, Sentinel and Michael argue over who's responsible for all this. Corrigan arrives, and Alan begs him to take over Spectre again, but he can't leave the ethereal plane. For the first time, I'm at peace. My case is closed. I'm sorry. Michael says that Heaven can't get involved either. Maybe try those in purgatory? The other team has reached the doorway to hell, and they're freaking out. Enchantress throws off Deadman. Superman's cape attacks him. Cerberus shows up, and when Adam attacks him, the beast appears to eat him. Enchantress stabs the beast to put him down, and Adam rips him open to get out. Back on Earth, Asmodel and Etrigan plot to grab Xanadu's crystal and the Spectre within. Only one weapon can affect Spectre, the Spear of Destiny. Batman sends Shazam, Stripe, and Starfire to get it. Back in Hell... The team takes Sharon's abandoned ferry to cross the frozen river Styx. As Zaytana does some narration, Deadman replies, Are you always so on, showgirl? And the ship capsizes. Back to Team Heaven, who have made it to Purgatory, finding lost souls including Vigilante, Rick Flag, and Sargon the Sorcerer, all of whom want to help and get out of there. Another steps up. It's Hal in his parallax togs. I saved the world from freezing. The Final Night, Crisis 308, Episode 574. Please, let me save it from burning. Day of Judgment, number three of five, written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Matt Smith, breakdowns by Christopher Jones, inked by Steve Mitchell, separations by Jameson, lettered by Comicraft, colored by James Sinclair, edited by Dan Raspler, assistant edited by Tony Bedard, with special thanks to Kevin Dooley. Choosing Sides. On Earth, the heroes work together to keep Esmodel and Etrigan away from Xanadu's crystal. Stranger is about to tell Batman, We have but one fear before Asmodel seals his mouth shut. In low Earth orbit, Shazam, Stripe, and Starfire find the Spear of Destiny embedded in an asteroid. Unfortunately, the spirits of three dead cosmonauts are there too. Slay the mightiest mortal. Back in Purgatory, Sentinel brings Hal up to speed, noting that only two people have the will to control Spectre. Corrigan and 
Diana is dubious, Hal slaughtered the Green Lantern Corps. Alan is convinced this was meant to happen. Hal says he will return, but not as Parallax, as Green Lantern. Angels appear. Hal Jordan is ours. Ah, nuts. Back in hell, the heroes under the river sticks see visions of their own torture. Finally, Enchantress gets a helping hand from Faust, getting back on the ice. Styx feeds on souls, and Faust has none. They help the others out of the ice. Back on Earth, the team is about to lose with a demon on top of Xanadu when Katana steps in and then gets pushed aside. Her blade is grabbed by Dr. Occult, who becomes his partner, Rose. They share a soul and slices the demon's head off. In Salem, a team of J-Flash, Hawkman, Stargirl, and the 90s Jack Knight Starman look for Dr. Fate's tower. They find bodies all over the place with onks in their foreheads. Dr. Fate appears. Hell is in the air. Earth needs a doctor. In Purgatory, the heroes fight the Keepers, a.k.a. Angel Guards, keeping people there. It's a losing battle until the other hero residents jump in to help. Zoriel's flame sword is blown out and Supergirl's angel wings reignited. He uses it to cut open a doorway and they bug out. Back in hell, they've reached the city of Dis. Foss notes that the hellfire pits, frozen or not, will still be guarded. Dante was a close friend. They find the demon Nibiros and a battle is on. Back on Earth, Batman asks why Etrigan is doing this. Being someone's lackey isn't your style. Xanadu throws the crystal at the demon. It doesn't matter any longer. I've seen the future. Take a look for yourself. There's a huge ball of light which shoots up into the sky where it is seen by the near-orbit team mopping up with dead cosmonauts. Starfire grabs the spear and goes nuts as the power consumes her. Back on the ground, Asmodel and Spectre are one again, but Xanadu isn't worried. Here comes Team Heaven and Hal Jordan. Batman is incredulous. You were supposed to bring someone we could count on. Hal wants to prove himself and launches out at Esabe, who turns him into glass, shattering on the ground. Well, that was quite a struggle. Is there anyone else you want to pin your last hopes on? Day of Judgment number 4-5, written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Matt Smith, breakdowns by Christopher Jones, inked by Steve Mitchell, separations by Jameson, lettered by Comicraft, colored by James Sinclair, edited by Dan Raspler, assistant edited by Tony Bedard, with special thanks to Kevin Dooley. The end of the world as we know it. We skip around the world. The Rocket Reds in Russia, the Outsiders in Eastern Europe, Animal Man and Buana Beast in South Africa, all of which are losing to the demons. Back in Manhattan, the team stares dejectedly at Hal's shattered glassy remains. They turn to Batman, who says that the space team will hopefully return with the Spear of Destiny soon, and that they need to come up with an alternate host for Spectre. Suddenly, the shards come back together. Hal is back, thanks to the just-arriving Dr. Fate, along with the new version of the JSA, J-Flash, Wildcat, Stargirl, Hawkgirl, Jack Knight Starman, Nuclon, and Sand. Alan gives Hal some advice. You've got to start using your head. Things aren't always so simple. As Modell calls up pestilence, a.k.a. swarms of bugs, which Hal counters with green fighter jets, but to no avail. We see Ragman taking out a demon with his rags, he then turns to Hal, saying he is a soul in dire need of redemption. 
Hal agrees he does need help, which comes in the form of the magic users who give him more juice. Can you handle it, Hal? No, I can't, but we can. Hal whips up the souls of the Green Lantern Corps, which he earlier killed, and they all launch an attack on Asmodol. Back in low orbit, Starfire is blasting the others with the Spear of Destiny until Stripe zaps her. Shazam grabs it, and with the stamina of Atlas and the speed of Mercury, he is able to withstand it for now. Back in hell, Naboros shoots mystical flames at Superman, and he's down for the count. Naboros sees the freezing of the pits as his way to escape, so why didn't he already? Dead Man goes to possess the Man of Steel, but finds another possession in there. Faust gets his bag of bones, which form into Blue Devil, now an actual demon who kicks Niboro's butt. Back on Earth, Hal picks this time to have a heart-to-heart with the soul of Kilowog, who tells him to save it. The low-orbit team returns, but are swallowed by Etrigan along with the spear. Back in Hell, Firestorm works to ignite the flames of Hell, and Superman wakes up. Niboros attacks, and Firestorm turns the water in his body to cement. Faust's soul is returned to him. They all work to set off the pilot light, but it's not working. Faust realizes what is needed, an act of true evil. So he slashes Enchantress's throat, which means he loses his soul again. The fires start up, but now they're stuck in hell. Or not. Faust can get them back now that he has his powers back, but again, no soul. Back on Earth... The Hellfire is pulled out of Asmodel, and demons are being sucked back to Hell, while Etrigan, now normal size, ejects the heroes and the spear he ate. Etrigan crawls toward the spear, but Shazam grabs it first, skewering him with it. It's Hal's opportunity to take over the Spectre. Superman murmurs, perfect, it's just too easy. Cal clocks Bruce and Kyle and then says, You've done my work for me, heroes. The Spectre is vulnerable to any soul willing to journey into his essence. His power will be mine, as will all your souls. Mm. Day of Judgment, number five of five. Written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Matt Smith. Breakdowns by Christopher Jones. Inked by Steve Mitchell. Separations by Jameson. Lettered by Comicraft. Colored by James Sinclair. Edited by Dan Raspler. Assistant edited by Tony Bedard. With special thanks to Kevin Dooley. Soul Search. Hal is now in the essence of Spectre, finding himself in front of fallen angels, including an S sub A creature wearing the parallax costume. The battle begins. Back on Earth, Supes keeps pontificating about how they have played into his plan. What the heck is wrong with Superman? Anybody got some kryptonite? Superman starts gagging and vomits out Neuron. Too pure to contain me, eh? The heroes attack Neuron but have little luck. Shazam tries the Spear of Destiny on him, but Neuron goes intangible and Shazam flies into the Blue Devil holding his trident. The trident becomes a tattoo on his arm. Neron grabs the spear and heads to Spectre's essence, where he tries to snag Spectre out of Asmodel. Instead, Spectre is let loose and grabs Neron, Asmodel, and Hal. Why do you seek vengeance? Why should I accept any of you? While the other two plead with Spectre to accept them, Hal realizes he can't do it. I'm a murderer. I cause pain for everyone I've ever loved. Vengeance isn't mine. It's theirs. I don't deserve power. I deserve punishment. 
Spectre replies, You believe you deserve punishment? Then face your penance. Back on Earth, Neuron returns, trussed up. Hal is now the new Spectre, with a flaming GL logo on his giant chest. He throws the spear far away and imprisons Neuron in a GL lantern. At first, Hal is ready to burn Neuron, but realizes he doesn't have to be the spirit of vengeance. Neuron calls him a fool. Hal sends him back to hell. Corrigan's soul pops in, explaining that heaven and hell will deal with Asmodel and Neuron. Hal asks Jim how he does it, or how he did it, who replies that the presence, a.k.a. God, has blessed this joining. Now Jim is off to Purgatory, where the heroes have earned an appeal, kind of like the Island of Misfit Toys. The other GLs come back to Hal, who tell them that he has a lot of work to do. The Earth has been badly wounded. With this power, I can finally do something I've wanted to do for a long time. New York City is restored, and Hal now plans to save lives and souls. The heroes reunite, and Zaytana assures the rest that the Sentinels of Magic will be available when needed. Apart from a few minor events, they aren't seen together again. They're almost like, though, JL Dark now. Yeah, very similar. Back in hell, Satan is holding the trial of Neuron. His status and royalty are stripped. Neuron realizes what has happened. This was Etrigan's plan all along, and we see Etrigan grinning. Back on Earth, the bartender, remember him, gets his date with Satana. The quintessence provides some exposition on the supernatural members of the cast. Also, Hal Jordan's story is far from over. We then see Asmodel, now a prisoner in a new structure of the Shining City. What does it mean when heaven cannot trust hell to hold its prisoners, stranger? I do not know, my friends. I do not know. The end. This wasn't the most coherent event, and that's saying something. Characters seem to come and go randomly, doing very little, just so a checkbox could be marked next to their name. It was also unclear when Asmodel and Spectre were merged, which kind of diffused the tension. And there were a lot of deus ex machina moments. Now, we did mention a tie-in special. There wasn't a plethora of tie-ins like most events. Day of Judgment Secret Files and Origins by Beatty, McRae, Chi, Miller, Paquette, St. Aubin, Winslade, Johns, Orphalus, Rapman, Brown, Denham, Olivetti, Williams, Hamner, Aspiel, Pororillo, and Wong. This is a series of short stories mostly about the members of the Sentinels of Magic. The Destiny Dilemma is about what to do with the actual Spear of Destiny. They meet in a mystical field, called there by Spectre, and debate what to do. We get the Spear's history, which involved Hitler using it to fight the JSA. Each member has a rationale for it going to them, or to try and destroy it. Finally, they decide to bind it with Ragman's rags to make it inert. Zatanna starts a spell, but not a backwards one. It's not her, it's the wizard in disguise. The battle is on, and Wizard, holding the spear, is easily winning before Faust grabs it. He's, again, no soul, so he's immune to the spear. Wizard is imprisoned in the rags, and the spear is thrown into the sun. Which Witch features Xanadu and Blue Demon as she gives him some background on the Sentinels. One Enchanted Evening shows Zatanna on her date, who has to hold off on the magic. Faust's epilogue covers Faust seeing June Moon, now free of the Enchantress, 
And there's also a set of Who's Who's pages on the Sentinels. In our next class, Gorilla Covers Always Sell. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.